Hello, friends, and welcome to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. I am your inquisitive host, Stephen Dimmitt. Today's guest on the show is Matt Foltz. Matt is a professional climber who is at the top of the bouldering game right now, having just sent Hypnotize Minds, his first V16, and his hardest rock climb to date. Matt's trajectory in the last few years is also amazing. If you haven't followed him, he climbed his first V15 in April 2019. And as of this recording, in just the last 18 months, he has climbed a dozen more V15s and a V16. I actually caught up with Matt the morning after he sent Hypnotized Minds, so the timing was super fun. We talked about projecting the boulder and what a typical session might look like, including how he warms up to try V16 and to climb on some of the smallest crimps in the world. And we also talked about the send session and how the project went down. We talked a little bit about Matt's training and why he opts to deadlift tension blocks for finger strength rather than hanging on a hangboard. We talked about weightlifting and how that fits into his philosophy of practicing like you play when it comes to training. We also talked about strength to weight ratios in climbing and prioritizing strength first. And we talked about using your build as a gift, which was super cool to hear about. Matt also talked about his go-to climbing shoes. He uses one model of shoe for everything from roofs to slabs. And we talked about starting OTG Strength, a new company he's building with his wife, Haley, to offer personalized climbing and nutrition coaching for people that want to climb just like Matt Foltz, or at least better than they climb now. I link to all the things in the show notes. You can find those at thenuggetclimbing.com. Got some new stuff coming soon with the podcast and on Patreon. It's taken a little bit longer than I had thought, but it is coming, so keep your eye out. And in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with one of the nicest and strongest humans around, Matt Foltz. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Matt? Hey, it's pretty good. How are you, Steven? Good, man. Very nice. good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. Okay, good. You having a good morning? Yeah, so far so good. We pretty much just woke up. We got back a little bit late. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind of just went straight to bed. And, but I had breakfast and uh some caffeine so there we go okay <laughs> hopefully hopefully i'm coherent <laughs> and i sound somewhat intelligent you seem like it you, <laughs> you seem wide awake did you get a chance to celebrate last night uh we we stopped in uh got a mcflurry nice. it's the only place open 24 hours so <laughs> <laughs> but man yeah it's been a long time since i had one and so i was pretty, sto- I was pretty stoked <laughs> anyway. Not, what, what uh what flavor did you go for I got the Chips Ahoy. Oh, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That was one of my questions. I was curious what treat you uh, you were willing to compromise for after a send like that. Oh, sure. Well, um, yeah, definitely for me, we're, we're going to, I'm going to have like a cheat day today. Okay. So, so, you know, often I'll go out for ice cream or something after a good, a good send, but this one took me quite a while. So we're, I, I'm going to have a full day. <laughs> hell yeah yeah do you have it all planned out uh no not yet but i think 
that's part of the fun. I have, I have, a, I have a few things in mind. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure by the time people listen to this, it will be the news will have spread and people will know what you did. But yeah, you did something pretty cool yesterday. What what was it? <laughs> what was uh, the thing? Yeah, I just I just sent uh, hypnotized minds, which is probably the hardest boulder I've done, I think, in my life. So. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. We talked on the phone a couple weeks ago, and you said that you were working on it, and that it would be your most proud send when you did yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If I think it that's feels right. that way. Yeah, it feels that way. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I I don't think it's at my limit. Um, Ugh. but it definitely felt like limit bouldering, uh, when I was working on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that distinction. That's cool. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, thanks. Damn. You're going to have to travel, huh? There's not that many harder things to try in the world. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. There's, there's a lot in Colorado. Okay. <laughs> You'd be surprised, but I mean, obviously traveling is in the future too. Cool. Well, we just threw it out there like everyone knows what it is, but Hypnotized Minds is a, a V16 that Daniel Woods put up on the Veritas Boulder off of Bear Lake Road near Estes Park, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it. it's probably got some of the smallest holds in the world. Uh, Yeah, I would say it's one of the crimpiest climbs. It's probably the, the crimpiest climb I've ever tried. Okay. Um, as far as just the intensity of the holds um, and the steepness. Last time we talked, it sounds like you were you had just worked on it the day before, and temps weren't ideal, and you were you were focusing on making each move easier for when the the non ideal or for when the good temps came in. Right. Yeah. Some fitness laps. I'd love to hear if you're willing. I'd love to hear in as much detail as possible. What did a day look like of projecting on something like Hypnotized Minds? Let's start at uh, start at the warm up, and I'd love to hear just how you think about a project session like that. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, really, it, it a lot of it leads up to the warm up. Um, it's kind of all prep uh, for me. Uh, the day before projecting is pretty important that I, I have a, a good active rest day. Uh, where I'm going on walks and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to cut it, you know, I'll, I'll concentrate on and, and do some work, but I'll try and go on some walks and, and I'll do some pull-ups here and there and, and then some light stretching and, uh, just really make sure that I'm physically, but also mentally, uh, focused and, and ready to go. Um, and then as far as the warm up goes, that changes a little bit for me. Uh, based on the boulder and then kind of based on if there's any tweaks or anything that I'm feeling, I'll pay some extra attention to that. But I have a, a pretty typical warm up that I, I go through, but the warm up for everyone is pretty personal and, and kind of personalized. And so I, I kind of do my own thing and then make any tweaks that I need to if, if it has, if the boulder has like a really intense drop knee or something. And then you know, hypno had some really intense cramps for me, so my my warm up included uh, some work on the tension block, uh, which is this uh, wooden grip implement that has some uh, small cramps on it, and I would do several pulls with each hand on the the smaller cramps, just to try and get my fingers ready to to pull on on those holds. 
With the tension block, are you just using like a sling around your foot? Yeah, yeah, mostly just stepping on the sling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then I'll, I'll kind of play around and try and get loose on on a slab or something, you know, V zero, nice and easy, and and just you know climb free and 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 be loose. And then ideally, I'll, I'll get on something a little harder, maybe that I have wired or like one of the easier sections of the project. Okay. And I'll do, yeah, I'll do maybe a lap or two on that, and then. And then I'll feel ready to go. Yeah, and and I, and I always, yeah, I, I always go by feel. So okay. if I don't feel warm yet, I'll, I'll run another couple laps, or, or I'll go back and play around on the slab. But yeah, I just I'll, I'll always go by feel with the warm up. Okay. There's a great training video from you. I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. You climbing at the Tension Training Center. And for that, I think you were doing a couple minutes on the rower machine to get your body temp up and just get the blood flowing. Sure. What do you do yeah. on, a, on an outdoor day? Do you do anything to just kind of get your body temp warmed up in general? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, there wasn't a rowing machine at <laughs> No. <laughs> that would have been nice. That's the but, future. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I do like to kind of raise my body temperature before I start stretching and, and warming up, but uh, I, I kind of consider the process of getting the pads and everything to the boulder mm, uh, mm-hmm. and the hike itself is, is at least raising my heart rate up a little bit. Okay. Another thing that was interesting that came out of our conversation previously was that, you know, you said that usually you're weaker after a month of projecting than before. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this game that you play of splitting yourself between three or four different projects to you know, to do different moves and, and not get too worn down by a single set of moves and that sort of thing. Sure. Were you doing that with this one? Did you have other projects that you were splitting your your days between? Um, a little bit. Uh, I've been working on this project up at the Green 45 area in Rocky Mountain National Park. Okay. Is that the boulder with jade on it? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Kind of off and on, not quite as as seriously, but uh, just something to kind of get my mind off of it. And then, uh, but but mostly, kind of in the last couple of weeks, I've just been trying hypno and uh, climbing in the gym, kind of active rest days in the gym, where I try and get a lot of movement in on some easier climbs, and or so that I can still climb but save some skin. And also, I mean, for me. The, just the intensity of the crimps on my tendons really took a toll. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I actually injured myself and, and I popped a pulley on hypno. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, on that hold. So I kind of made sure that I didn't go out there more than, uh, I mean, twice a week at most. Mm. Uh, just because, yeah, it's just really hard on the tendons. I can't grab those holds very very much before they really start feeling tweaky. Okay. So. Got you. So when we talked a couple of weeks ago and you had that session where the conditions weren't good and you were just trying to make all the, the individual moves easier, mm-hmm. how, how do you approach that? How do you, what's your process like for that kind of a session? Yeah, just super, super detail oriented. Yeah, I, I, I try and look at all the holds closely and, and uh, assess all of my beta. And, and I try to think of like what sections feel clunky or, you know, what sections can I clean up and, uh, you know, be a little bit more precise. 
where do I need to maybe speed up my pace? And then where do I need to slow down my pacing? All, all of that kind of plays a role into uh, success on a project. So those are the things that I like to focus on. Is, um, yeah, I would say like pacing, uh, precision, and positioning, body positioning. And so those are the things that I'm trying to figure out. And then every once in a while, it's nice if you kind of figure out, you know, new, different beta, you know, putting your foot in a slightly different place or grabbing a hold a slightly different way. Those are kind of the bigger breakthroughs that are nice that can sometimes happen when you're just working through sections over and over again. Okay. So what does that look like? Are you climbing sections of it many times in, in that session and just kind of seeing how things feel and making subtle tweaks each time? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I always go, I, I always climb by feel. So uh, if a, if a, if a section doesn't feel very good, um, if it feels like I said clunky or that there's no way I could do it from the start, then I'll probably, I'll run a few laps on it and try it in several different ways. Um, until I, I feel happy with it. And that's kind of my process. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to try it from start unless I think I have a good chance. Okay. Once you climb a section and it feels really good, do you move on or do you, do you try to repeat that section in a way that feels satisfying to you multiple times? Or how do you think about that? Yeah, it, it depends on the boulder for okay. sure. I think that as, you know, as soon, as soon as I get a, a section down and I'm happy with it, uh, if it's a real limit boulder, I'm, I just start trying to add moves either um, into it or out of it. Okay. So, you know, I, I try to make that link bigger or I'll, I'll do a couple moves into that section, that, that section that feels rough. Okay. Uh, and then eventually, you know, you're just trying it from start. Okay. What did your session look like yesterday once you were at a point where you were mm -hmm. ready to give it red point burns? Yeah, so it, it went uh, pretty much exactly as I as I said earlier, um, kind of the ideal uh, warm up. Except uh, when we got there, the temps were just about perfect. In fact, it was snowing a little bit. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and it, for me, pretty much the colder the better. I I uh, definitely don't climb as well when it's warm. Um, and thrive. I think it was in the thirties yesterday. Oh, was, dang. Okay. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. thriving. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, when, when I did it, it was just, uh, Haley, my wife, Haley and I there, uh, Haley was filming and, and supporting. And, and so, yeah, it was just me, uh, the boulder, some light snow and Haley. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of how I imagined I would do it. So <laughs> that's how it worked out. Did, was it the first try of the day? Uh, it was the second try from start okay. of the day. Yeah, so I just kind of, you know, did did my normal warm up and then went, uh, kind of did I did the stand start one time and then tried it from start. Uh, fell kind of early, didn't feel like quite warmed up, and so I did a few more hangs and brushed all the holds and then did it next go. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Well, congratulations again. Yeah, thank you. That's that's very very cool. You're definitely, um, you know, when I think about the people that have done that that rock climb, it's uniquely inspiring to hear that you've done something like that because, you know, Daniel and Rustam and Dave. I don't know how much these guys weigh, but they're all just tiny. <laughs> and you've got muscles and you're strong, and 
you know, rock climbers are all just tiny people. So you're a, a bigger guy <laughs> relative to those other guys. And it's just awesome <laughs> to hear that you're climbing on the smallest holds in the world. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks. That, that, that means a lot. Um, that you say that, uh, I think that it is kind of important. Uh, I'm at a, a weight that I'm comfortable at. And so I think that's what really matters. You know, I'm, I'm at a weight that I feel strong at, and that's also manageable for me. And so, yeah, I, I do feel like I'm climbing well and I am a little bit heavier, but I, I think that it's, that the weight that I have is helping me pull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got into that on our, on the phone call the other day and you said something really interesting. You were talking about using your build as a gift and how, you know, someone with more muscles who's carrying a little bit more weight, we have certain advantages that smaller climbers don't have. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, any anyone should use their advantages the best way that they can. I was actually just talking to a shorter climber yesterday and uh, who was kind of frustrated about her height and it holding her back. I said, yeah, that's, that is a problem sometimes. Your height's going to hold you back. But also think of those times when, you know, you've, you've got like amazing scrunch power. You know, you can, you can like really get into these scrunchy positions that I couldn't even think of getting into and, and being powerful in those positions. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, using those, you know, obviously working, identifying those weaknesses and working on them is really important, but equally important is identifying those strengths that you have and taking advantage of those. And so I see that the same way, uh, for me, you know, some, maybe sometimes, I mean, I think sport climbs are a little bit tougher for me uh, at at this weight. And so I can identify that, you know, maybe my endurance isn't so great and that's something to work on. But I think that I I can climb several days in a row. I can climb for a long time. I Mm. I have good capacity. I have good power. I have good power and I have good power endurance. Uh, And I'm, I'm tall and I'm lanky. And so these are, these are advantages that I can use hmm. and take advantage of. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I, like, I love the way you think about that. Uh, we were also talking about, I think you said something about the strength to weight ratio. And you're like, you know, it's, it's those two things. It's not just the weight. It's strength mm-hmm. to weight ratio. And I think you said strength comes first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, often uh, we focus on the weight so much, but we forget the... <laughs> it's a ratio and the strength is just as important. And if not more, I, I, yeah, that's exactly what I say. Strength to weight ratio, strength comes first. I'd love to hear how you think about balancing performance with your training. You know, when I, when I look at your Instagram, for instance, you know, my perception as someone looking from the outside is that you're constantly either sending something hard or training really hard. <laughs> There's just like <laughs> always a, a post about you sending a hard boulder outside or you doing some really hard thing on the, the tension board or <laughs> on the, the spray wall at the tension center. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to talk to you on the phone about it. It seems like maybe it comes back to this just go by feel sort of thing, but it seems like you really just kind of take each day one day at a time, just based on what the weather's doing and that sort of stuff. How do you think about balancing your performance with training? Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it definitely depends on the time of year. And so we're coming into fall right now. And so my program is, lo- looks a little bit different than it did in the summer. 
where uh, it's kind of an unknown of when I can get my training in because if the weather's good, then I'm going to be outside trying my projects. So it looks a little bit different now, but it's I I definitely try to I, I definitely have a program that I make my for myself and I try that I try to stick to. But when the weather's good, you got to take advantage of that. So there's uh, definitely a balance. Gotcha. And you were saying you were telling me that you can do two training days in a row, but not two performance days in a row. And it was interesting to hear how you think about kind of combining those things. Can you speak to that? Sure. Um, yeah. My, I mean, with performance days, when I'm trying really hard on a project, I I really go all out. And so the next day, I'm usually just trash. So I'll, I'll take that day as. Um, sort of an active then then day after performance day sort of an active rest but again uh, kind of going going by feel i like to climb that next day but just not uh performance maybe i'll do like a movement day uh or a strength day and then i'll take a rest but yeah i can i can definitely do two or even sometimes three training days in a row uh but if I do a performance day, I, I know that I'm not going to have a, a very good performance day the next day. Okay. Um, so I definitely have, and, and that's just my, me personally, it's just something I know about myself. And some, some people feel really good second day on and can just crush, but uh, it's not really me. I, I have to kind of prep and plan for those performance days. Okay. I want to come back to that training video that I watched from mm -hmm. September 2018. So it's a little bit outdated now. I know some of your methodologies have, have changed a little bit. Sure. You, you let off in that video by talking about how your training philosophy is practice like you play. Mm -hmm. And it, it really does seem like the bulk of your training is on a climbing wall and, and doing yep. climbing movement. But you also do some fingerboard stuff and, and some weightlifting you were telling me that you never really stop lifting weights. You always do a little bit of it kind of all year round. So yeah, I'd love to hear about that, the practice like you play and how you think about balancing those things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's, it's super important to, you know, if you're doing competitions, you're, you're going to want to be doing a lot of mock comps uh, and, you know, five minute on five minute off kind of thing. Uh, for me, really focusing on outdoor projecting, I want to, be climbing at my limit, you know, between 20 seconds and a minute. And so that's really why I like climbing on the boards, um, tension board, kilter board, moon board. Uh, those are a lot more specific to what I, to, to my goals than uh, maybe weightlifting or something like that. Uh, where the weights come in and kind of the things that are uh, seem a little less climbing specific they still work climbing muscles, but they're not wasting my skin. Hmm. So that that's one thing that I like about it. And then also, they're, I mean, they're, I think that they are great for climbing. They're, they're in the right, if they're hitting the right energy system and the right muscle groups, and you have a good set rep scheme, and uh, you're working at the correct intensity, then I think that it is pretty directly helpful to climbing but again, it's, uh, climbing is the most important thing to get better at climbing. Mm. Uh, but if your skin's just wasted, then getting in the weight room can be a good alternative. And that's what I like to do. 
Do you have, um, it, it seems like you really stick to the compound exercises. Do you have go-to exercises for the weightlifting? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have several, um, I think that it differs depending on the person, but for me personally, I do a lot of overhead work. So, uh, I try and do, you know, overhead press or, um, incline bench, uh, okay. things like that, uh, for, you know, kind of shoulder antagonist muscles. And then I like to do like overhead squats as well. Uh, we hold the weights overhead and, and do squats. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Is that for like the mobility component of that or? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely mobility in the shoulders and then, and the posterior chain. So you're like holding a barbell straight above your head with both arms and squat. Yeah. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so do I, I like to do that a lot. And then, yeah, well, I mean, if you, if you want to know more, you can, <laughs> sign up for uh otg oh perfect (laughs) (laughs) cool cool yeah let's let's um i do want to give you plenty of time to talk about that let's come back to that uh towards the end here and finish with that i want to ask about one other thing from that video and i had never seen this before but you've already talked about the tension block and i'll link to that in the show notes for people but rather than hanging on a hangboard in that video you had two tension blocks and you strapped them to a hex bar, a deadlifting hex bar. Yeah. And you were right. deadlifting the weight. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting on the phone to, to hear how you thought about that. But I, I'd love to hear why do that versus hanging from a hangboard. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with hanging from the hangboard. And I, I, I like to do my repeaters um, hanging as well. But uh, I think that... Uh, when you're bringing it off the ground in, in sort of a deadlift uh, with a tension block or, or a similar grip implement, the, the limiting factors are different. So when you're hanging, sometimes the limiting factor can be your shoulder or kind of your core tension stability, trying to keep you straight and upright. And uh, that those are taken away, minimized when you're bringing them off of the ground, uh, in a deadlift. So uh, your shoulder is less of a limiting factor and your, your, uh, core and your tension is less of a limiting factor. Uh, and it's more about the pure finger strength. Got you. So to, yeah, to clarify one thing and, and something I hadn't really thought about as strong as you are, you're doing most of your kind of max hang style work one armed. So mm-hmm. with the one arm hangs, the shoulder girdle becomes the the limiting factor really quickly. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's really interesting. I was also it was interesting to hear that you have a pretty limited grip selection. It sounds like you really just train like three different grips. Yeah. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll do three finger drag, uh, which is kind of uh, the the most open hand that you can get. Okay. Uh, so index middle ring open. Yep, that's right. Okay. And then mostly, I'll say 75% of the time, um, is uh, half crimp. Okay. Uh, just fingers, yeah, bent at nine, about 90 degrees. And then I'll, sometimes I'll go on a, a real small crimp. If, uh, like I said, I'm warming up for ten, uh, for um, hypno with the tension block, I'll go full crimp on a 10 mil. Okay. Yeah, full crimp, like thumb wrapped on the 10 mil. But I like that half crimp uh, the best because I think that it, you know, I'll, I'll usually grab crimps, half crimp, but then also training that grip can, I think, 
uh, help both your full crimp and your open hand. Okay. Just because it's right in between. So just to clarify that, so you do three finger drag sometimes, mm-hmm. crimp sometimes, but the bulk of your finger strength is your half crimp. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Will you focus on multiple grips in a session or just kind of stick to one most of the time? Yeah, I'll do I'll do multiple grips okay. in a session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. if, it, if it's my grip day. Grip day. <laughs> I like it. How, how many grip days do you typically have in a in a week? Let's go summer and then also off season. Oh uh, sure, summer it or, might be uh, a performance season rather. Yeah, yeah, summer like off off season might be every other day. Okay. Yeah, but then yeah, off season it's probably once or twice a week. Okay. Usually, I I, I kind of it's it's tough, but I kind of like to do it after a performance day. Uh, cause then I'm not climbing as much and it, it's, it's difficult to get good, good numbers on that day. Cause like my CNS is shot. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll typically go the day after a performance day cause then I'm not climbing and I'm just kind of, uh, still, but I'm still doing some max outs. Okay. Mm-hmm. As far as the board climbing goes, I'd love to hear how you think about that as well. How do you decide whether to do a tension board session, moon board, kilter board, or make up stuff on the spray wall? Mm-hmm. I've seen you do circuits sometimes. Is that all programmed in, or is that stuff you just kind of go with the flow and, and decide what you want that day? I'd say a bit of both. Okay. Uh, it's a lot about convenience. Um, if the gym I'm at has a kilter board, then I'm going to use that. Um, but if, if I have you know my choice, it'll probably come down to... Uh, my skin and how my fingers are feeling. Okay. If I'm if I'm real low on skin, but I want to get a climbing day in, then I'll probably hop on the tension board since it's got the wooden holds. Okay. Uh, for me, it's nicer on the skin, a little bit softer grips, and and uh, just as fun as the other boards. So that's usually my go-to is the tension board. I also like the the shapes, but I've really been enjoying the kilter board as well recently uh the holds are awesome and and uh there's some really fun problems on the app and i've just been having a lot of fun kind of exploring it as as kind of the newer board okay does it change based on what your outdoor goal is which board you climb on and the style and that sort of thing uh no it okay i don't think that that affects it but maybe that's something to think about okay I guess yeah, I, I would say in some way it may be in that um, something like hypno is really hard on my skin, and so okay. I would be more likely to train on the tension board. Okay. Gotcha. I'd love to hear you know someone who is as thought you're you're clearly a very thoughtful guy about your oh, thank you. <laughs> your approach to your performance and nutrition all the things you're thinking about performance nutrition training you're clearly very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Having climbed as long as you have and around as many climbers of all different ability levels as you have, you know, you've, I'm sure you've been climbing a lo- around a lot of the really strong, uh, other really strong guys in Colorado these days. Mm-hmm. I can't help but wonder if you've noticed any patterns. Are you noticing um, any patterns among the successful climbers and, and what's allowing them to succeed versus maybe some of the things that hold other people back? Wow. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that there's multiple factors. Uh, I think that having a really good support system 
Hmm. is super important. Uh, so, you know, I have Haley and she's not a climber, but she really enjoys watching me climb and she's my, you know, biggest support in my climbing. And, uh, I think that's been really huge as someone that's helped me and enabled me to follow my passion and has like encouraged me and inspired me to, uh, train and get better and really push uh, push myself. And, and I say when, uh, as long as Haley's pushing, I keep pulling. Hmm. So I think that's a really big thing. I, I've been coaching a, a lot of youth the past several years. And, and that's something else I've noticed is it seems like, uh, when the parents are more involved, the kids perform better. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's part of what makes ABC so successful is coaches like Robin and Ryan are so involved and so invested in in the kids. Hmm. And so the kids have that really strong support system with the uh, ABC family. And I think that is something that really helps them thrive. That's awesome. That's super cool. Let's extend that to the crag. What about like tactical things or the way that you know people go about approaching their their project day or or things like that are there any things that you're noticing and and i guess there's two questions Mm -hmm. what do you see some climbers doing wrong or on the flip side what are some of the other high level climbers doing right yeah sure i um not to uh name drop but i got to i had the opportunity a few years ago to go climb in australia with jimmy webb okay uh and that was super cool i didn't have like my best trip ever but it was probably one of the um, biggest influences on me uh because i just got to watch jimmy and several other really strong climbers uh you know paul robinson was there anale was there and i just got to watch them Hmm. and their process in detail and that's exactly what it was it was detail oriented Hmm. to the point that I would have never even dreamed. So, uh, you know, modern bouldering technology with the fans, uh, (laughs) you know, rat wrapping down boulders, uh, and working moves on a rope and just being so detail oriented on everything, you know, making sure the ticks were in the exact right spot, making sure they knew exactly where their hips needed to be. It was just super eye opening to me that, uh, a kind of a side of the of bouldering that I hadn't seen before. And uh-huh. so it was something that I wanted to implement in my own climbing. And I think that that was really huge for me. Hmm. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But it, it exactly. It, it, it was something I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't have been out climbing with, with climbers that were much, much better than me. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to circle back to your nutrition. So you've, you've mentioned your wife Haley a couple of times and she is a nutritionist and, um, it was really fun. I actually got a chance to work with her a little bit. She did that August promo where she was helping some climbers and uh, yeah. And that was really interesting. And I definitely, there's a bunch of takeaways that I, that I got from that, which was really cool. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you got some value out of it. I'd love to hear for you. What are some of the bigger ticket items that you've worked on with, with Haley that have made a big difference for you in your nutrition? Yeah, man, I think that uh, there, there's so much, but, uh, timing has been a really big thing. 
So not just what I'm putting in my body, but when. Hmm. So the, you know, the timed nutrition uh, has been really big. So, uh, and it's kind of changed how I go about climbing. So, you know, climbing in during my day, kind of around what I'm going to be eating. And uh, that that maybe sounds like it complicates things, but it actually simplifies things a little bit Hmm. um, of knowing when I'm going when I'm going to go climbing and then knowing when and then I can kind of shape my meals around that or I can plan my climbing around my meals. Okay, just provides a little more structure to your day. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so that's helpful. And, and so, I mean, that's just, that's just one thing besides what I'm actually putting in my body. I know she and I geeked out about protein synthesis and and that was a big part of, (laughs) you know, more protein synthesis windows and that sort of stuff. Is there anything else with the, with the timing that, that you guys are focusing on? Uh, well, Haley can definitely tell you a lot more (laughs) and in better detail than I can. Cool. I'd love to talk to Um, her. That'd be really fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you anything about protein synthesis, but, uh, um, I can tell you about my pre-workout and my stacks and the vitamins that I take. (laughs) Sure. Let's do it. I'd love it. Just like that. Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) what's your pre-workout? yeah, sure. I um, I mean, I make sure that I have 40 grams of protein beforehand uh, and then also with some carbohydrates. So something that works well for me uh, is uh, like a third cup of oatmeal Okay. with maybe half a banana or some blueberries and protein powder. Okay. Yeah. And so some like whey isolate or uh, I like the fizzy vantage whey. Okay. Um, and uh, it's something that's pretty light on my stomach and uh, has, like, the carbs and the protein that I need. That and it, and it usually gets me all the way through the session, no problem. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's it's such a common thing to to do the protein after. You know, that's something that's that I'm sure most people still do. Or that's kind of more, like, common. Mm-hmm. What, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're you're told protein after, right? Um, but it, and 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 that's true. But uh, protein before is equally as important. Gotcha. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Super interesting. Cool. I'm. I, I'll touch base with Haley again. I'd really love to have her on, and I'd love to to geek out with her on some of this stuff. Oh, to- oh she would love that. Cool. Yeah, you totally should. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I would love to ask you about your climbing shoes. Okay. So I worked at a small rock climbing gym at Western Washington University way back. This is, you know, an old entrepreneur gym. And I mean, you know, 12 years ago or something. And I think at some point we got some deal on some Mad Rock shoes. And Mm -hmm. I tried one pair once, wasn't thrilled with them. You know, 12 years ago, Mad Rock didn't have, they, they had a reputation for being affordable. And maybe you'd compromise a little bit of quality with that. Totally. But you just climbed one of the hardest rock climbs in the world wearing Mad Rocks. So clearly they've mm-hmm. come a long way and Absolutely. they're a very high performance shoe now. So I would love to hear, uh, what is your, do you have a go-to shoe for Mad Rock? Yeah. Uh, I, I like to wear the drones okay. um, and, and specifically the high volume drones. So they, they make high volume and low volume, but the, the high volume fit my feet a little bit better. So they're just a little wider in the toe box? Yeah, kind of fat feet, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah so that that's super nice you know, sometimes i'll go low volume if i if it seems like it's going to help on like a project that i have uh but no, normally as far as just comfort goes the high volume is what i like best uh okay. and but the best part of the drones are the heel hook and they have you know this fa- this famous uh heel lip that help you heel hook on on crimps and okay. so that's kind of the secret some people th- think it might be aid <laughs> but you know you got to just use it you just sky hooking the, <laughs> the crimps with your heel that's exactly. cool i want to check those out do you wear those for everything yeah i have to wear them for everything i uh i used to be sponsored by another company and i was uh, happy with their shoes but i would ha- i had like you know the the quiver of shoes where mm. and you know two or three or three or four pair that i that I liked and I would switch out Sure. if I, if I felt like I wasn't doing well in those shoes on mm-hmm. that boulder, but I felt like I got kind of too neurotic about it and I would just start blaming the shoes if it wasn't, if I wasn't doing well. Interesting. Yeah. So, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to wear one pair of shoes and if I can't do the boulder, then that means I need to get better at climbing or, huh. <laughs> you know, something else needs to change. Like I'm done just blaming the shoes. Yeah. And l- yeah, luckily, I mean, the drones are the best all around shoe I've ever put on. And okay. So that's pretty lucky. <laughs> yeah. To also be determined to only wear one type of shoe. <laughs> <laughs> that's super interesting. I'm, I'm really curious now because I'm about the same weight as you. And mm-hmm. I found that, I'm kind of gravitating. I'm trying to simplify my quiver as well. I feel the same way. I get really overwhelmed, I think, with all the different options sometimes. Yeah. And I've been climbing in in Sportiva for quite a long time, and I'm kind of gravitating towards two different pairs, one being kind of a stiffer stiffer shoe for face climbing and edging and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at my weight, I kind of need that support to stand on really small feet. And then I'm Mm -hmm. kind of still playing around with different options for like a softer shoe for steeper climbing and toe hooks and heel hooks and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that's super interesting. So you feel like the drone really covers all that for you. Yeah. You know, I've done probably my, my hardest roof, uh, and steep climbs in them and my hardest slab climbs in them. So, <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're just a, a good all around, all around shoe. Cool. But, uh, yeah, like kind of going back to that, uh, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with having a quiver and a bunch of different options. And in fact, I've, I've talked to someone about this before, about you know how I, how I was neurotic about having too many too many pairs of shoes, and if I wasn't doing it, it was because of the shoes. They said that they actually had the opposite effect, where if they weren't doing something, then they can just change shoes, and then they should be able to do it. Huh. <laughs> and so yeah, I mean, there's there's a I, I think that. It, is a good way to frame it, you know, mentally, and it can go both ways. Yes. Someone else solved the same problem with the exact opposite solution as you. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) That's life, isn't it? (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's so interesting. (laughs) Okay. Um, well I have, like I said, I, the last time I tried Mad Rock was like 12 years ago. How do you size those? Uh, let's see. I, I wear about a uh, ten and a half street shoe, and and then I'm, I've been going eight and a half in the high volume drones. Okay. And a nine in the low volume. So, uh, and I, I don't I don't think I downsize too much. So I would say that a size and a half down is probably from your from your street shoe is probably okay. 
about right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So wait, you, you wear the high volume and the low volume as well? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of switch in between. I've been, I've been really into the high volume most recently. But yeah, every once in a while, I'll, I'll order a, a low volume. Uh, if I feel like there's a kind of a boulder where it might be more useful. Do you have an example of that? Uh, I, I was kind of convinced, actually, even actually on Hypno, that you have to put your foot in this like V slot. Mm. And so I was thinking that a lower volume shoe would fit in the slot better. Okay. Uh, but it, uh, to, for for me in that specific situation, it didn't make a difference. So I just okay. kept, I just kept the high volumes because they're more comfortable. Gotcha. Cool. Thanks for all that. I will definitely yeah, link sure. to the drones in the show notes for people oh, if they want to check them out. Okay, perfect. I'm I'm quite curious myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After all these years, maybe it's time to try a new brand. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> Tell me about OTG. What are you guys up to with that? Cool. Yeah. So OTG is our uh, climbing training uh, and nutrition company that we started just this past May. You and Haley. Uh, yeah, Haley and I have been uh, doing that. Haley has been Haley took over the nutrition side of things, and so she's the nutrition coach, and then uh, I'm the climbing coach. And so uh, I program, I do personalized workouts for all of our clients. You know, they come in and they they do a, a test week. Well, they don't come in; it's remote. Uh, but they come into the app and they do a test week, and then based on the results of those te- of that test week, I write their program okay for the rest of the month Mm -hmm. and then yeah if if you if you do you know both that and nutrition then you also get a nutrition program uh based on again a nutrition test week okay and i asked what you guys were offering and it, it i think you said something to the effect of the programming is really the product yeah so um i mean we definitely work really hard uh, to make sure that the programming is good and that and that it's appropriate for everyone and their ability and their experience level and that it fits kind of their goals and their equipment and everything. Uh, we work really hard at that, but uh, I think also part of the product that we are providing is consistency and accountability. Okay. And so I, I love it when my clients send me, videos of their project that they sent and i get to enjoy their success just Mm. uh you know to an extent and and sometimes as much as they do (laughs) and uh so that that's something that's really fun but that that accountability aspect of it where they know that if they aren't checking in and, and they're not doing their workouts that they're probably going to hear from me. Um, <laughs> and we say, Hey, like, I mean, not, not in like a, I mean, I'm ne- never in a get your ass in gear kind of way, but it's like a, Hey, can, how can I are, like, do I need to adjust these workouts? How, how can I adjust these workouts for you? And let's work together on this program. You know, they're, they're going to hear about that if they're, if they're not checking in regularly, but uh, you know, when, when they are and then they're plug and they're plugging away and then they're sending their projects and, uh, they're super proud and happy. I get to be super proud and happy with them. And that's just, yeah, the, the, be- the absolute best part. Hmm. That's super cool. It, it sounds like it's all very hands-on. Are you guys just working kind of one-on-one with clients at this point? 
Yeah, definitely uh, one-on-one. And like I said, it's, it's remote, so it's all online. But yeah, it's been, it's been, even though that's how, how we've been doing it, we've been uh, developing some really good relationships through it. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I mean, that's just the best part is, is getting to be part of uh, other people's journeys. Hmm. Are you guys at capacity right now? I know it's been pretty successful so far. Uh, yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, it has. We are mm, considering opening slots. Okay. And then, you know, uh, people kind of end their programs usually towards the end of the month when they're just, when they're done with their, a lot of times you, you just finish your cycle and you go into your performance phase and, and you know, they, they might come back in a few months. Uh, but it, it's like, you know, they, they end their cycle and then they're, they're often into their performance phase. And so, so then that opens slots as well, but yeah, we're, we're kind of, uh, at a tipping point kind of cuspy where we're going to have to start, I don't know, hiring people or, or putting different systems in place because yeah, it, and it's, it's very fortunate, but yeah, we are pretty much at capacity right now, mm-hmm. but, um, people should definitely, if they'd like to, uh, fill out an application and, and we'd love to get back with them and put them either on a waiting list or, or directly onto our client list. Awesome. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, uh, OTG strength.com. Okay. Perfect. I'll link to that in the show notes too. Oh, cool. Thank you. Is, is there anything that you have struggled with or implemented to try to balance this OTG coaching with your own climbing and training? Yeah, um, it hasn't been too crazy. I, I think that we're, we are pretty good at balancing it. Uh, you know, so, some days are definitely longer than others, but uh, a lot of times it's just it's uh, it's checking in, and I can be I can be done with work in you know two or three hours in the day, and I don't know. It, it's easy to also get a good climbing workout. Okay. You know, after two or three, just two or three hours of work. So some days, you know, usually towards the beginning and the end of each month when we're uh, onboarding new clients and, and kind of promoting a special and stuff, we'll, def- we'll definitely have longer days. And then um, also the, you know, the programming sometimes takes a long time. So if there's a client that just finished up their week and I need to really get down and, and sit down and write their program, that takes a little bit longer okay. time. But yeah, I mean that's part of the reason we decided to branch out and do our own thing is, is so that we can work on our own terms and, and set our own hours. And, and, uh, climbing is definitely still a priority to me and I'm able to get enough climbing in as well. Awesome. Is there anything that you're working on in particular with your own climbing or maybe practicing right now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said I, I just I just uh, sent uh, hypnotized minds just a few hours ago, and so <laughs> things are kind of changing a little bit because that was that really was what I was practicing and and kind of how I directed all of my sessions was just trying to to get better at that kind of climbing, and mm-hmm. so uh, things might change a little bit uh, in the future. Uh, as I'm kind of project shopping now and okay, I think that I'm going to probably be spending the, the weather looks just amazing the, the next couple of weeks. And so 
I think that the next couple of weeks, it's just going to be a lot of climbing outside and a lot of just having fun, sweet, challenging myself outside and, and maybe not too, too, too worried about like grabbing the razor edges on the hangboard, and, <laughs> nice, <laughs> you know, Good. setting the timer and just trying to bear it out. But you know. you, you've earned it. Do you keep a running <laughs> list of uh, climbs that you want to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, in my head I do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And there's definitely plenty out in Colorado and, you know, it seems like V15s are getting added every other week. Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It really does seem that way. Yeah. So yeah, there's really no shortage. That's something I'd love to ask about. Actually, I hadn't really planned to ask this, but you know, you were in Salt Lake for quite a while and it seemed like your main climbing area was Joe's and you you were doing some hard stuff there. But Mm -hmm at least from my perception, you moved to Colorado and just proceeded to go on this rampage. Just, I I don't know if it's just the style suited you or there's just that many more boulders that you have access to, but, but how important and formative has that move been for, for you with your outdoor climbing? Yeah, it it was really huge. And I think that it is a, a combination of things. It's it's having the access to that many boulders, and so you can kind of cherry pick the the ones that you're most excited about mm. uh, at a grade range that's challenging for you, and, and so that that was a really big deal for me. And yeah, just like the the amount the, the volume of hard bouldering here is uh, pretty wild. Mm. So yeah, I mean you can just turn around and project a V15, and then. <laughs> <laughs> turn around you know I, I i don't know how many v15s there are within two hours of my house but it's definitely in the double digits dang yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing <laughs> is that uh is, is that the spot is that home for the foreseeable future uh that, that's another tough question too i, I don't Haley and i have been looking at uh rvs and, okay. and thinking about thinking about van life okay which I, I would be super stoked about. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, that that is something that we're excited about, and we've been saving up for a long time for kind of a dream like that. Okay. Uh, so 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 we're hopeful, but we're yeah we're not sure if it's gonna happen super soon or uh, if we're gonna wait another year. Or, yeah, things are kind of up in the air. There. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Excited to see what happens with that. Yeah, me too. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to ask you, what is something that you've been feeling especially grateful for lately? Yeah, I, I, it might be obvious, but I've been especially grateful for Haley, my <laughs> wife. Recently, it, uh, she like, like I said, I mean, she, she was out there and she's been there every day that I was trying to hypnotize. And then last night, like I said, it was my, it, those were my temps, which means they're pretty miserable <laughs> for pretty much anyone else. 30 but degrees she, in the snow. Yeah, yeah, 30 degrees <laughs> Was in the it snow a night session too? It was at night, yeah. Oh, man. She's not, not a climber, so, but she <laughs> was out there and she was filming and supporting and, and then she was just as happy as I was when I was that able is, to do it. So. That is so cool. Yeah. I'll, ha- I'll have to ask her what her uh, cold weather wardrobe looks like. oh man it's just layers she's just a big puff ball of layers (laughs) awesome um well you already mentioned otg your your website and i'll link to that in the show notes where else can people find you thank you 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, if uh, just probably Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me uh, outside of the OTG site. Um, yeah, just sh- shooting me a DM or something like that. Uh, you know, if, if you listen to this podcast and you had a question, I'd love to answer it over oh, awesome. over DM. Yeah, and, and yeah, anything like that. So awesome, very cool. Mm-hmm. When you and I were talking on the the phone, I'd asked you what your focus was these days if you're still competing and i think you said that you're shifting more and more towards outdoors and specifically i think you said like 90 plus percent of your focus is on outdoor boulder red pointing and mm-hmm. that that seems like that's going to continue indefinitely for you and then yeah. I, I really loved this you said you know dave graham is 11 years older than i am and he's still progressing and jimmy webb is five years older than i am and he's still progressing and it just sounds like, you know, kind of the sky's the limit, which is, which is really gets me fired up to here. So th- that's pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, those guys are, are huge, have all, have been huge influences on me and then are, are hugely inspiring to me. And I mean, Dave especially has been since I first started climbing. So yeah, just seeing that he can get into a shape that he has never been in before and, and, you know, at his age, uh, climbing harder than just about everyone. And, hmm. you know, same thing with Jimmy. Uh, and I said, I, I look at Jimmy and, and he's still progressing. And it's, as long as he's progressing, I've got at least five more years. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not discouraged about, you know, I just turned 29. Um, and I'm not, I'm not discouraged about that at all. No. Uh, in fact, I, and I've just, you know, from, since, since I started climbing, I've only improved every year. So, I'm looking forward to being, to seeing what that looks like when I'm 34 or 35 years old. Me too. (laughs) How do you think about goals? Do you have big long-term goals or, you know, having sent your, your hardest climb that you've ever done in your life yesterday, do you already have the next goal lined up in your mind or do you just kind of take things in stride? Yeah, I'm kind of taking it in stride right now. Um, I think that, like I mentioned before, like the van life is a real dream and, and something that we're, we're going to work towards in the near future. And I think once that is more solid on when that's going to happen, or even if that's going to happen, uh, then I'll probably be able to make goals from here out. Uh, that'll look more like traveling and, and trips to extended trips to different places. Okay. Um, but yeah, as far uh, it's hard to give specifics right now gotcha with as much time as you spend indoor rock climbing on the boards and that sort of thing is that something that you are wrestling with at all or have thought about with the van life idea like how you would continue Mm -hmm. to train and have high quality sessions when the weather's not working out or when your skin's shot or that sort of thing sure that yeah that is something we thought about i mean it's nice to have gyms around because i really do enjoy indoor climbing uh and just climbing whatever it is but uh yeah that that has been a concern we were looking at um uh like toy hauler rvs that okay you know are are, (laughs) uh set up so you can you know put your four-wheeler in yeah something or like your jet ski are you gonna put a moon board in your rv (laughs) matt (laughs) Uh, that's a dream oh my god i love it yeah (laughs) tension board in your rv Um, 
Yeah, Haley's a little concerned because of the weight <laughs> of it, adding that much weight. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I think I can convince her. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. If you send everything on there, you can just park it on a slight downhill and, and make yeah, it right. a couple of <laughs> degrees more overhanging and <laughs> carry on. <laughs> yeah 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 don't don't put the jack yeah don't put the leveling jacks up <laughs> <laughs> i love it yes well matt i know i've said this about a thousand times but congratulations again on yeah your send. thank you so much thank you so much yeah you were like one of the first people i told oh that's awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lucky lucky accident there yeah um, it but it's fun i listened to a podcast that you did with uh, chris hampton on the power company i think back in mm-hmm back in February maybe. And I think yeah. you had been trying it quite a bit by that point, And I think you had fallen off the last move and we're getting really close. So I, I know this has been yep. a big investment and a, a ton of work and it's a, it's a big one for you. So it's very yeah. cool. Cool. Thank you very much. And, um, I'll be in touch cause I'd love to have Haley on the show. Cool. Yeah. I think <laughs> she would love that. <laughs> Although I don't want to speak for her, but I think she would. Cool. Cool. I'll reach out to her. <laughs> Okay. Well, enjoy the cheat day and, and delicious food and celebration. <laughs> and are you going out to eat, or do you have like a next delicious meal lined up or anything? What are you guys doing? Yeah, we're gonna go walk down Pearl Street in uh, Boulder. Okay. And get some ice cream cones and just kind of enjoy the day. Nice. And then, yeah, then we're gonna go buy a bunch of junk food from Target. <laughs> 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 Which, like, I love it. You know, with. With Haley, that never happens. So totally, uh, it's just, that makes it double special. Yeah, this is like a once and once a multiple year sort yeah, of occurrence. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we will enjoy our Oreos today. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> right on, man. Well, you've earned them. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> enjoy, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, dude. All right. Bye. Bye. Like we do it.